Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 154. Sarah's your cousin. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play a message from Eddie Gaba, who was the husband of my cousin Sarah. Tragically, in 1997, Eddie died in a whitewater rafting accident at the age of 36. However, Sarah, the daughter of my uncle, Paul Foch, was willing to share memories of meeting Eddie at West Point, where they both graduated in 1983. In the interview that follows, she uses a couple West Point terms that will be useful to understand. Firstie refers to a senior or a first-class cadet. And a PT uniform is for physical training, which during the summer is basically shorts and a t-shirt. The message comes from the winter of 1990 and is 17 seconds long. Here we go. There is your cousin. I'm, she's my wife. Up here in Kalamazoo, our number is 616-345-9849. And uh, I'm, I'm coming through your direction tomorrow, so I thought I'd just try to stop in. I was just going to give you a call, see if you're going to be around. Give us a call. Bye. Wow. I'm really, yeah, that, that is Eddie. How long did you live in Kalamazoo? Not that long. So Kalamazoo represented our transition out of the military. We were both captains in the Army. Eddie took the job. With Menasha Corporation, the idea was he'd get a job and then I would follow because we'd had our first child, Larissa, at Fort Riley, Kansas, which was our last duty station. Do you want to tell the story of the first time you met Eddie? So obviously it's at West Point, and at the time, I'm one of the first women to graduate from the academy. Uh, at that time, they only had 10% of the Corps were women. So for every one woman, there are 10 guys but there was a lot of animosity toward us. So many of the men made it their stated goal in life to get as many women to quit the academy as possible. And they certainly weren't going to date a woman cadet. And there were female cadet jokes. There were a lot of things that prevented us from having like normal dating kind of uh, arrangements. But the summer before we become firsties, I was assigned to Camp Buckner. So the first time I met him, I was actually meeting a friend of mine. And so we were going to meet at the Firstie Club. But I walk up in civilian clothes and Eddie's sitting outside the Firstie Club with this other gentleman. And he looks at me and goes, well, hello there. And I go, well, hello. And you have to understand a lot of them would flirt with you, but they didn't actually act on it. So I said, well, hello. And he says, well, don't you know who I am? And I said, should I? I mean, there's so many, you know, men there. He goes, I'm Eddie Gaba. Everyone knows Eddie Gaba. <laughs> this guy is really full of himself, you know, and a lot of them had big egos. But he made me laugh. And he said, will you go into the Firsty Club and get me a soda? I said, why don't you go get it yourself? And then he says, don't you know we're not allowed to go into the Firsty Club with PT uniform? I was like, no, I didn't know. So um, I decided to do it. And I got him a soda, and he had always said, if she had said no, that might have been the end of things. But um, the academic year began, and he happened to have the same class that I did, but preceding mine. So we were coming across the bridge to Thayer Hall, and he comes up, and in the middle of the swarm of cadets, he stops, and he said, Sarah. 
uh, would you go out with me? And I go, I can't even remember his name, but I go, okay. And uh, so one day I went out a different way from the mess hall and he saw me and then, you know, we, we made the arrangements to meet and he was going to go get his car and meet me at MacArthur's statue. And I still remember I'm there in civilian clothes and he doesn't come and he doesn't come. And I see some of these other guys I had my eye on. They're waving at me and they're in their cars. They're getting ready to leave. And I was like, I can't believe this guy stood me up. I'm really mad. I'm starting to go back to my room. And all of a sudden, he runs across the area and he goes, Sarah, Sarah, I was at Patton's statue. And I <laughs> looked at him. I said, you and I are going to have trouble communicating. And at times we did. But um, so Eddie and I began dating. And then at spring break, we went home to see mom and dad. And that's when my parents had moved to Virginia. And he's getting to know my dad. And at dinner one night, because Eddie and I had been talking about this, because you have to make a lot, if you're going to get married, you kind of have to make that decision if you want to be assigned together. So we're getting closer and closer to graduation. So we've had this discussion. We've been talking about it. And I didn't know he was going to do this, but we're at dinner and he blurts out, he says, well, Sarah and I have decided to get married, Paul, which was my dad's name, right after graduation, rather than wait till after our basic course. And my dad was bringing a fork up to his mouth. And he kind of dropped it. His mouth kind of went open. And my dad bursts out. He says, well, I don't think it's going to last more than six months. And I'm not going into debt like Uncle George. And as you and I both know, Uncle George had seven beautiful daughters and seven weddings. And so um, I used to remind my dad, you know, because we were married several years before Eddie passed away. And I would say, you know, it lasts a lot more than six months, Dad. But um, we somehow patched it up. Obviously, he walked. My dad walked me down the aisle. Your father, obviously, was in World War II. So did you tell your father? How did you decide to go to West Point? Well, it had a lot to do with my dad. Um, One day, we were living in Boston at the time, and my dad read like three papers a day, you know, was always finding out what was going on. And he said, you know, Sarah, I just read that they're accepting women at all the academies. And then his words to me were, I think it would be a unique experience for a woman. And so I thought, hmm, I should consider that. And the other thing is I had gotten really into long distance running, cross country. So I arranged, I, I contacted West Point and I went up and did a visit and got to meet the cross country coach who was forming this cross country team. And that was where I had a lot of support because these women, they were for the most part, really, really encouraging. They were, you know, some were upperclassmen. And that was helpful because then you didn't feel so alone. There were so few of us. And the longer you were there, there were fewer and fewer of you because uh, the attrition rate for women was about 50%. So I lost roommate after roommate. And one semester, I didn't have any roommates. And um, women, and particularly those first few classes of women, we were put in a cauldron. They didn't really know how to handle us. For example, they only had barbers. They didn't have beauticians. So we would laugh that we all had the same haircut. It looked like a bowl was put over our head and you just cut around the outside. And there was so much animosity, not just from male cadets. You had officers and you also had professors. And there were several of them that made it very clear that they didn't really want you there either. And, um, you know, the classes themselves, each class is about a thousand. So when you think that there's only 50 or so, you might get to know the women that were in your regiment. And then the academy would try to get us together, but we could just hear the rumbles of men saying, oh, they have to have their own special meeting. They can't cut it or whatever. 
they're going to say to kind of make it you stick out if you even go to that. And so it was better that, you know, when you're on a cross country team, you might run seven miles together. You could talk out your frustration with another woman who's going through the same thing. Sarah's career as a cross-country star at West Point is recorded in the September 20, 1980 sports pages of the Nyack Journal News, which notes Army defeated St. John's, Montclair State, and Albany State in women's cross-country. Sarah came in seventh place with a time of 1904. Spring of 1980 saw the first women graduate from West Point. Of the 116 that had enrolled in 1976, only 62 made it through all four years. A profile of this first graduating class from the Chicago Tribune captures the hostility women faced on campus, quoting a cadet who hissed, God never meant women to be at the point. Sarah credits the particular challenges of being a woman in the academy with teaching her how to manage through adversity, something she describes in her book West Point Woman, which can be found at her website, sarahpoticha.com. That's spelled S-A-R-A-P-O-T-E-C-H-A dot com. If you find this podcast a challenge, please contact me through my website, pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Many thanks to Sarah for sharing her memories. And thank you for listening. Talk to you next week. <laughs>